there, and welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. We love chatting with interesting people, people with stories to tell. In each episode, we will be sharing true stories told by real people. We hope you enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. With your host, Larissa Lima. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. Great to have you back here. And if it's your first time listening to the podcast, make sure to check the other episodes. They're full of stories and inspirations. So I'm sure that most of us wish to live a life full of experiences and learnings to share with people that we love when we get older. Well, in today's episode, we're going to speak with someone that did exactly it. Our guest today worked for over 30 years with the Discovery Channel, traveling around the world and sharing stories. And she surely has many stories to tell us. So I'm very, very excited to announce that our guest today is Robina Tower. Hello, Robina. I'm so honored to have you in the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. How are you today? I am absolutely fabulous, actually. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> I, we had a little talk uh, the other day about my coming to the podcast, and we talked about the country that you came from. Yes. And I have memories of that. I mean, we have so much to talk about. It's going to take hours. Oh, my God. That's so excited. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I arrived on this earth in China. My oh, parents wow. were immigrants and they immigrated to China because of the Second World War. And I just decided to pop in right there. They had a nightclub. And I participated in that also. I learned how to sing the songs of the 40s. And they used to put me on top of the piano in the, in the nightclub. And I would sing songs for everybody at four years of age. Oh, my God. At four years old, singing in, at the top of a piano. That's probably amazing. In a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You also told me that you worked for over 30 years as a writer for the Discovery Channel. Tell us a little bit about this experience. Well, I was a writer and a producer and would go on assignments all over the world for the Discovery Channel. And I wouldn't give that up for anything. I missed out on many other things. But to travel literally half of my life, I have no complaints. It was wonderful. And I have so many wonderful stories to tell about that as well. Oh, that's amazing. And you also told me that because of work, you often had to travel like to danger places. If I ask you, like, what was the craziest thing that you ever done in life? What would say you was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite stories of all time. I went to Rwanda and went up into the mountains where the gorillas are. Yeah. And, you know, there were other people walking up there as well with guides. And being my typical self, I couldn't do what everybody else was told to do. So I <laughs> sat myself down in the grass 
and a little baby gorilla came to me, and its mother was right behind it. Oh, my God. Carefully, and she allowed her baby to sit in my lap, and I was sitting there with tears running down my face out of sheer joy. And as if that wasn't enough, when the little baby went back to its mother, the silverback, which is the one that is the leader of the whole pack, yeah. he came over and he sat in front of me. He was only about 400 pounds. And oh, my God. I looked him in the eye and then looked down because they think if you are looking in their eyes that it's a challenge. Yes. And I thought to myself, I am going to touch this grand, beautiful animal. And if he decides to swipe me over the head and I lose my life, who cares? <laughs> I sort of put out my hand and I touched his arm. And he allowed, he allowed me to do that, which was Absolutely amazing, but I still had to keep my head down and not look at him. Yes, because like I said, that is a challenge to them. Yeah, it's a negative, you mm -hmm. know. And so the tears that had come for the baby continued for my <laughs> friend, my silverback gorilla. Oh wow, that's amazing! That's lovely. And I think you also told me about the day that you had to watch tigers at five a.m. in the morning, make sure to be hidden from them. Where was that again? Well, that was in India, <laughs> in a, a natural park. Uh, what do you call it? A reserve called Ramsambore. And I got up at five in the morning because. I didn't want to go always everywhere with the groups and mm -hmm. with the peeps. I wanted to be with the tigers by myself. This, of course, also was a crazy thing to do. Yes, it I is. crazy like that. <laughs> so I sat down every morning up from the river so that they couldn't smell me, so that the wind was going in the yeah. right direction. And one day, a mother came down with her three little cubs. Oh. They could not have been much more than, I would say, two, three months old, maximum. And they were playing in the water, but she was sitting there watching them very, very carefully. Mm -hmm. And I did that day after day. And sometimes she would come, other times she wouldn't come. But they were there, and I got to see them grow over a whole month's time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. So cool. And I'm sure you have so many stories to share with us. But regarding your childhood, what was your favorite childhood memory? Sitting in sandboxes with all of the dogs and cats that I had. I didn't have brothers and sisters. I was an only child. And instead of being lonely, I was absolutely constantly being pursued by all of these cats and dogs. That's funny. <laughs> and my father was the one that had so much to do with that. My mother sort of stayed out of that. She also loved animals. In fact, when I was born, her cat came up the next day to uh, where I had been born. I had been born at home. I, I wasn't born in a hospital. And the cat came up with kittens and put one after the other onto my mother's bed and sort of looked at her as if to say, see, what you can do, I can do too. <laughs> That's funny. You also told me about a memory that you had with your father 
for when you are only 10 years old, which I thought was very interesting. Do you want to tell our listeners about it? My father had a saying that he never allow a stranger to remain a stranger. And I think I kept that promise to him because he said that. I think he knew he was not going to live very long. He died when I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And somehow I get the feeling he wanted to cram in all of the advice (laughs) within the last year of his life. I mean, it was amazing. And he always said, you know, make life an adventure. You know, live it to the fullest. And don't be afraid to go places, do things that other people usually wouldn't do. You know, they will probably tell you you're crazy Mm -hmm. all through your life. And he was right, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Still telling me I'm crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also read your article where you wrote about your experience in the Amazon rainforest. It sounded very intriguing, dangerous, and exciting at the same time. (laughs) How was the experience? Because you did not just go in the tourist spots. You went in the jungle. How was that? Would you like to pass on your legacy and never be forgotten? Download an easy guide on how to create a digital time capsule from this podcast description and save your memories forever for future generations. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life. Well, I went up to Manaus, having no intention to go all the way up the Amazon. I started in Belém, yes. on the coastline, on the eastern coastline of Brazil. And I went up there because there were mail boats going up the river. So I went with them because that was the cheapest way for me to go because at that time I was pretty poor. <laughs> and I got off in Manaus. Then I went with another mail boat across the river to the other side and uh, along what is called the Rio Negro and the Amazon where they come together. One yes. yes. is brown and the other is almost black. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called Rio Negro, which means Black River, right? Yes, exactly. And, and that was an amazing experience because... One of the tides goes one direction and the other ones go the other direction. So it's sort of nature saying, hey, listen, you want to come with me to this side of the river, come on the Rio Negro. If you want to come with me to the other side, which was on the other side of Manaus, mm-hmm. then you went on, on the Amazon. It's one of nature's incredible miracles. Guys, just a quick note regarding the amazing natural phenomenon that Robina has just mentioned. She's referring to the meeting of two rivers, the Rio Negro, which is translated to black water, referring to the color of its water, and the Amazon River, which has sandy colored water. For over six kilometers, the two rivers' waters run side by side without mixing up, It is crazy. It's explained by the difference in their flow speed, density, and temperature. The natural phenomenon became a tourist spot as the two waters has completely different color. Like you literally can see a line between the the two colored rivers. It's insane. So there are many videos on the internet showing the meeting of the two rivers. It's so interesting. So just make sure to check it out. Which, by the way, I wanted to say something to you about your country. Yes. I 
all over Brazil and, and just loved it. It's one of the most wonderful countries to visit. I'm happy But to hear it. I went, you were from Belo Horizonte, Exactly. Right? And then I went to a little town on a hill at that time, which was a village. Now it's quite a large town because other tourists and especially the young people go there. And I'm trying to think, what is the name? Ah, Minas Gerais. Yeah, Minas Gerais is the state. Yes, but also a town. And in this particular town, they create stone things where they cut out the stone with little people in it. I had several of them in my house. I will send some of these to you if you oh, want. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> And uh, they also do make faces out of leather. Oh, wow. It's beautiful. It's one of the most interesting towns. I haven't been there in years, so I don't know how it is now, but maybe you have been back. Yeah, been back. I left Brazil three years ago. And to be honest, I haven't traveled much around there because it's so expensive. So I have traveled more in Europe than actually in Brazil. But I think I know the place you're talking about. And I've been there a few times. It is beautiful. And it's very preserved. Like the government makes sure to, you know, having things from the past, not changing it. So I'm sure it looks, it still looks yeah. amazing by now. Exactly. And the stone cutters was what is so amazing about that area. I always try when people ask me, how should they live their lives? so that they can live a little like I do. And I say, make your life large and varied. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid, afraid to step in a, a mud puddle because you don't know what is at the bottom of the puddle. Who yes. cares? <laughs> Just all four feet in at once. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and now a deep question for you, Robina. Huh? Yes. <laughs> What was the most important thing that you've learned in life? To go out and live it. Life is an adventure. And if you sit at home, you can read in books all of the things that I have done, for example. But it's no fun. Yes. You go out and you meet the people. Don't be afraid of the people. One of the things that I think is the most important thing that we can do these days is to make a common language. It seems like English is the common language, but everybody should learn in school how to speak English. Because if we do that, we can learn about each other, understand each other. And if you know each other and your cultures, you don't have war. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Don't fight with somebody you like. You, know, you may have arguments, but you don't get out and kill somebody because yes. they have a different opinion. And I think that is probably one of the most important things that I have learned in my life. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing, Rubina. I'm so happy to have you here sharing some of your wisdom with all of us. I'm sure that our listeners would love to have you a second time and they start a tomorrow podcast because you have so many stories to tell us. Dozens more. <laughs> 
<laughs> so now just one final question before we finish this lovely chat. So as you know, this podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital time capsule to be shared with future generations. So let's say you have a time capsule yourself. What would you like to leave in there for your loved ones for when you leave this earth? Well, I wouldn't leave it only for my loved ones. I would like to leave it for all the children of the world oh. as well. That not to be afraid. Have your parents, have the parents that are listening for, to us, for instance, if their children are already grown, take the grandchildren and tell them, again, the same thing. What my father said, never let a stranger remain a stranger. Go out and look at the world mix yourself into the middle of it don't stand on the sideline and watch yeah. be active amongst anything and everything especially the animal world you know yes. uh, i have spent 30 years working and fighting for the life of the elephants the life of, of tigers in india you know Uh, and they're all on the extinction list because there are cruel people who want to shoot them and have uh, a head of an animal sitting on their, behind their desk if they are CEO. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, this is madness, absolute madness. Let us find a way to stop this, and that would be in my time capsule. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy. That's a that's lovely message. And I'm sure a lot of people will get very inspired by your stories and messages. So um, thank you so much, Robina, for being here. It was a great chat to get to know you. I love it. Have met you. Uh, you are an amazing person. And I cannot wait to have you again in the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. Well, I'd be happy to be there anytime. And it has been a pleasure. You know... Uh, you had a wonderful lady, Melanie, uh, on also on your podcast. Yes. And she was the one that uh, I think told you about me, right? Yes, she did. She's amazing. And she inspires people towards gentleness and caring yes. and kindness. And all of her poetry does that. It's warm, loving, and that's the kind of person she is. You know, I, I'm a little more sort of jump on top of you and get it done. <laughs> you know, I push people into going out into the world and taking a good look at how wonderful this world with Mother Nature is. Uh, that's lovely. She's going to love to have you having this message for her at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to make sure to send it to her. Read her book. It's wonderful. Yeah, she, she is. She is. Her poetry is amazing. It was very nice. Thank you, Rubina. You're welcome, my dear. Take good care, Larissa. You too. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Stories for Tomorrow. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.